2: Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Barman, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio. This morning, Jeffrey Wright will join us here at the top of the show. And if we have some uh, streaming issues, essentially we apologize. And it's just going to be one of those days. I don't know. I've reset the the system twice, and I'm not getting the numbers that I would like from a uh, streaming standpoint. So if you lose us on our live stream, it will obviously be in podcast form. You can pick it up there and uh, hear from us as we uh, go through today's, uh, today's show with, uh, with with you guys. So we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, Major League Baseball. There's some draft news potential coming out of that. We're going to run some uh, Ole Miss football simulations on rebelgrove.com. We'll talk about that and more coming up on uh, the show brought to you by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Remember, you can uh, take advantage of the Oxford Crystal next door through their uh, drive through, through to carry out through things to uh, not have to eat inside, obviously, because that is Uh, not allowed right now because of COVID-19 and everything going on. So take advantage of those options that you have with the Oxford Exxon the Oxford Crystal. You still got to get gas. Still got to be fed. So you can do that there. And again, to you from the Clark
1: Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes. In business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove it to you when you make that call. 662- 257-1900. 257-1900. Guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. I don't know precisely what their situation is this weekend. I know yesterday Rafters did a really cool thing, um, kind of cleaned out their kitchen, gave away meals to uh, to people yesterday afternoon, uh, ran out of uh, the meals they had prepared very quickly, which is uh, means that a lot of people took advantage of that. hope that those people remember when we get through this at some point. And we come back to something resembling some symbol, some semblance of normalcy. Remember Rafters and the people there and uh, make sure that you give them your service. I don't know. I need to talk to Hudson about what, if any, business they have this weekend. Um, I don't know. You know, we're in weird times. So Rafters, Music, and Food on the Square in Oxford. When we get back to something resembling number, please, normal, please remember them.
2: Jeffrey, good, uh, good morning. You know, we talked to you last week and you – predicted a good bit of kind of what was to come. You thought that there would be pretty severe, severe measures taken in a lot of ways. What's this last, last week been like, cause I know you have been somewhat worried and I know aliyah has been pretty, uh, pretty worried about everything going on around us.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't say I've been worried to the extent of, I think the world's going to end. Like I, I've read a history book. I do I do acknowledge that this is a point in history that will be written about, and this is going to be a pretty substantial period, particularly not only of world history but also, more importantly, uh, of American history. And I was aware, but like I'd never thought, like, okay, we're going to die. I'm going to get it. She's going to get it. I'm. I'm not going to listen to my parents for you know months because of. of risks and whatnot uh with that being said uh my lovely bride to be she has the worry gene and you know we're 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 going through a lot right now we're trying to buy a house we we've got a lot on our plate and she has a job where uh she's expected to uh produce a lot and Uh, It's just been, I think it's, I think it's been overwhelming. And then obviously I think she's concerned when she looks at reports about, uh, the wedding date. Um, there's obviously concerns about uh, a honeymoon. And then you look at the economy and when it just becomes another day of, and it's one of the worst days on record in the stock market. It's, I don't know. She's kind of grating. Like, you know what I mean? When that, when that starts to become normal, Um, that, that, that makes you kind of take a step back and just go, God, this, when will this just end? And then I don't know if it was sports center. Someone put out the tweet last night that it was exactly seven days ago last night when the jazz thunder game got canceled. And then uh, I, you know, I came on you alls show and I said, I I pretty much said like, I think sports are going to be canceled. Like I, I, I just, I knew where this was headed. And for whatever reason, I go, my God, it's only been seven days. And normally it feels like time only speeds up. This has been one of the longest seven days I can remember. Like, forget, you know, okay. Like, I'm actually coping decently well without, like, sports and everything. Which, I don't know. I guess it's not that surprising. But, I mean, like, I do... I do stay alive in the summer somehow, but it's, I think it's just the entire state of things. It's, you know, you know, you're worried about your parents. Your parents are worried. Um, you know, they're at the age where a substantial part of their income is their investments. And yeah. So, you know, you worry about them I, I am trying to be a pure, a supportive fiance and, and and future husband, but I don't like. There's not an effective strategy from, in my opinion, of reducing worry.
1: Here, here's what's starting to kind of bother me a little bit. It's an, and I'm look. This, people joked about the social distancing thing, and the truth is, for me, this has not been that big of a of a lifestyle change. So I, I have not experienced some of the like my brother. Uh, FaceTime me yesterday and he's losing his mind he's used to traveling and he's used to dinners business dinners with people and he he's a very social person needs a lot of people to to be around him and all that stuff and he and i are polar opposites i'm a little i'm a little i'm a little concerned though hold on hold on a second i'm i'm getting, I'm getting to something i'm a little concerned at this message that's coming out the president did it yesterday, and it really bothered me because I, I think we're I think we're creating a false expectation. The president said fifteen days, just fifteen days, and I'm thinking, man, that is not what anybody says. That is not what any scientist says. This is not fifteen days, and because because people hear that and they go fifteen days, and we go back to normal. That that is not it. I was listening to uh your, your guys, pardon the take. I never listened to it, but they had uh Fauci on yesterday. Fal- And they did a really good job with the interview. And I know that they have a young audience, and I hope that they listened. But, you know, he he painted, hey, he's like, yeah, 15 days, and then might probably have to do another 15 days, and then might have to do 15 more days after that. I keep waiting for someone to just say, hey, listen, everybody. This is going to be a pretty long slog. We're all going to hurt here. Um, This might be 45 days. This might be 60 days. But if we're going to get to anything resembling normal late summer early fall, we're going to have to do this and we're going to have to do this right now. And it's almost like everyone's afraid to say that. No one's no one's willing to come out. I'm not this isn't a Trump bashing thing at all, not any. But it's almost like no one can say that because if you say it, there will be panic on the streets.
0: See, I took uh Fauci's uh, cause I, I listened to the interview and, and obviously I'm, I'm fans of PFT and big cat, but when you're in our business, like, I don't know, like anytime you have the, the same thought as someone else, like you immediately get painted as, Oh, you just rip somebody's materials. Like, no, we all have, we're wired the same way. Like we can, we can reach the same thought. And so I just try to avoid it, but I did listen to that one, um, primarily because my fiancé asked me to, and I I took it a little differently when Fauci mentioned 15 Days, because he brought it up specifically, and I think it was very smart by the administration, because I don't think it was random that that show was picked uh, by Fauci, or, or how that entire interview came, up, came about because of the demographic of their audience. And I think I think there's been a concerted effort of listen we've got to get you know we've got to get college kids young adults to understand this isn't just a disease for old people or whatever you know a virus for old people and it, it affects more than that and when I heard him say 15 days and maybe it's the the skeptic in me I man I was like man that that's the first thing I felt like was a talking point and i understand why like all you got to do is look at look at the markets like i completely understand why that would be a talking point but to me that felt like a talking point to try and and stabilize stabilize the financial markets rather than um a reality check
2: that was kind of where my question was going. Was why would you do that? Simply because you're going to have to come back off of it or have some other answer at some point. I mean, it's it's incredibly short-sighted.
0: It is. It's it's lying to the American he did, public. He said he was clever. I thought he was careful in the way he worded it. He said uh, the reason why we came up with a 15 days is it's an evaluation period. Said it fifteen days. You know, maybe it's shorter, maybe it's longer.
1: But 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 that's not what the president did yesterday in the tweet. The the, his tweet was fifteen days, and and that's that's disingenuous. We're lying to people, and and it's it's almost like there's this assumption, and it very well could be true because I see all these people going, "I'm losing my mind." I'm like, it's been six days, and in many cases, it's been four days. You're losing your mind. I mean, we're not going. This whole. I'm giving this because I, I saw a lot of this yesterday on Twitter. I'm giving this three weeks, then I'm going back. Okay, well then we're just we're just kicking the can down the road. I'm I don't know. I'm, I'm I catch myself. You know you know me. You know me well. I I don't handle stupidity well. And and there are a lot of people out there that are really really really. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's this this the hard right versus the hard left. Whether this is just this mentality we have. If, you, if, you're, if you're unwilling to listen to science and you're unwilling to listen to the medical people, then you're just not willing to listen.
0: I think it's twofold. Number one, we're seeing, like, for instance, my brother and I live together. And I'm not, during the work day, you know, I'm at, I'm at the office. I come back around, you know, 1130 to walk Carly and then I leave. And come back around four. So it's not as if, you know, us being, you know, together the whole time and on top of each other in a, in a relatively small house, that that's driving him insane. But what has really struck me through this process is to realize, like, the human, human nature does need, like, compartmentalization and does need like a separation between home and work life and you know for the stupid term but like work life balance like you do realize oh you need to go to an office like you need like you do you know maybe it's not a need but maybe it's a like a strong wiring desire because a need was you know I don't know if it's shelter but you do realize like how how brains are wired to need like to be able to have like to somewhere to go and 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 how much that impacts morale psyche however you want to define it and then the other thing that that struck me was you know when we start to look at how this entire thing developed and you know it, it's it's a narrative that got politicized early and I think from that point the ship had sailed. Like I, I, I don't really I think I think had Fauci been the the mouthpiece that they would have used to set the agenda and and basically be the the, the front man of this, I think we'd be in a better spot. I don't know if, if it would change a great deal, but now I think we're at the point where I don't think there's anyone in the United States of America that can deliver the message that gets most of America on board. I don't know if you ever get everyone on board. I just think there's always going to be extremes of kooks on the left and the right. And I just don't, I don't know if you're going to get everyone on board because on the other side, you know, you look at, you look at, uh, financial data that compares, you know, spending habits and whatnot to, a year ago around the same time, we've clearly, we are doing, you know, to some extent, a a decent amount of social distancing. But on the left, there's this group of people that nothing's going to be enough. And, you know, on the right, you're always just going to have the, I don't believe this. And then another big problem that I see is, this is a, this is a crisis that you can't see. Like World War II, okay, you have Nazism, you have the spread of fascism. Like you had a you had an enemy that was known, you could see the you could see the you know the film strips and you knew Hitler was a bad dude, you knew Mussolini was in his back pocket, then you had Japan coming in and bombing Pearl Harbor. You had a known intim- enemy that you could that you could identify. With this virus, you know, I guess to some people, and I kind of get it. Like it's a hypothetical.
2: Yeah, not, you, you know, you it, but it doesn't like, affect it, you until it's too late.
0: Correct. Yeah, that's it. And then the CDC reports yesterday: forty percent of hospitalizations have been of of Americans have been between twenty and fifty. Okay, we're not quite half, but that's a substantial amount of data that suggests. This isn't just a disease for old and sick people. Virus, sorry. No,
1: and and, and the other thing the media won't t- do is they won't tell. And I think it's a politically correct thing. Like there's there's some documented cases now of people in their 40s and 50s dying, and and a lot of them, a lot of them have underlying health issues, and a lot of them it's it's a listen when and, and I'm. I'm too big and I was once way too big and I can tell you when you're really big you have there is no such thing as a fat person without underlying health conditions doesn't exist
0: Well it's it's And yeah, so it's, those it's, those people brother, are getting
1: really sick with this
0: I thought my brother my brother and I had a a pretty good discussion about it yesterday and he's obviously worried because he works in the banking side and I completely get his frustrations and You know, his deal is, I just don't understand the whole blanketed, you know, the same goes for me that goes for everyone else. And he goes, you know, why, why are we not selectively quarantining? And I don't have, I don't have the data to back it up, but I mean, what, isn't it roughly what percentage of America is obese?
1: It's, it's, uh, it's about 45 obese is too big of the word. It's, it's depends on how you quantify it, but it's like 45% of adults are overweight.
0: Okay. I pointed to him. I think that this is a, we don't want to look in the mirror, but the medical people know obesity is a legitimate, like it targets obese people and to basically come out and say in an election year, uh, we're too fat and we're all at risk. Uh, that's that's just not going to fly.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't know. I I mean I see things on our message board and stuff. I'm, I'm I try to stay encouraged that we we'll, we'll all kind of work through this and get through it and and get to the other side. And and then I I see frankly I see um, I see where I think we're headed, which is a lot of people stubbornly saying, no, I'm going to do this. And then we're going to be faced with a government that has two choices. It can either say, well, hands up, what do you do? Or they do this martial law thing, which is something that I can't, I, th- I would think if you, if you're Trump in an election year, it is the absolute final option. It has to be the, the last thing he does, because if he enacts martial law, he, he, he might as well not run. He has no chance.
0: Well, the other thing though, Okay, for instance, let's say in three weeks that you're say you're just gonna go back to normal. Okay, w- what does that mean? Like I don't we've know. We've canceled we've canceled assemblies. I mean, like let's be real. But I don't know how it is in Oxford, but here in Memphis, I almost every restaurant I've been to, whether it be fast food, fast casual, you know, the everything I've been to is not serving like their seating, their dining area, the, all the chairs are on the tables. Yes. So you can do takeout and whatnot. So say you want to go back to normal. I what does that what does that look like? Because like I I think right now the frustration is everyone just wants to get back to normal, but you can't. And it's not you can't because of oh well people are going to judge me. It's because you can't. Like you can't do the things you want to do. So. That, that's kind of my question on that.
2: Take a break in our talk with Jeffrey to tell you if you're injured but not sure where to go no matter where you are. Special Orthopedic Group has you covered with three convenient locations in Tupelo, Oxford, and New Albany. No referral is needed to schedule an appointment with one of SOG's fellowship-trained, sub-specialized surgeons at any one of their three locations with 24-hour scheduling. SOG makes it easy to accommodate you. Call 767-4200 or request an appointment on their website, www.sogms.com. Special Orthopedic Group. Choose a specialist. Choose SOG.
1: Here in this weird time, I'll tell you who has stepped up, and uh, as always, Greg Jones and the people at LB's Meat Market. It's fantastic product. The freshest cuts. He's doing a lot of uh, really creative things right now. Uh, meatloaf's ready to bake. He gets it ready. All you have to do is go home, warm up your oven, and put it in your oven. Even the, the most culinary-challenged uh, people in the world can pull that off and it's fantastic your family will love it he had ribs yesterday Uh, there's a lot going on there we would appreciate you supporting greg and the people at lbs they've been great to us for the years they have of course the lane train filet specials Um, a lot there you can call greg ahead of time if you're worried about going in and and all that stuff i get it it's cool i understand 662-259-2999 you can call and tell him, here's what I want. He will have it ready for you. He probably could let you prepay. Get all the things you're in and out. Cover your mouth with a towel, whatever you need to do. Get in and out. Have a great meal. Your family will love you. They've got the sausages, freshest cuts, chicken, pork, fish. Check out the frozen section over on the left when you walk in. A lot of great deals there as well. That's at LB's 2008 University Avenue across the street from Kroger in Oxford.
2: Podcasts are brought to you by In-House, Interior, and Design, Nikki and Ashley with 30 years of combined experience, and they can do whatever you need to get set up. They can do it over the phone, through text messages, through calls, 662-681-6241 if you got a lot of time at home, noticing things that need to be done around the house, even things that can add equity to your home for when you maybe want to sell when all this is over they can help you they have full contractor crews available to take care of those items they have new client gifts they have a lot of discounts right now for you whether it's getting ready for hopefully a uh, a dorm room in the fall or uh four things around your house now so again 662-681-6241 the
0: last couple- I, and by the way neil that's not like i'm not i'm not taking you up on your point i'm saying i've seen the same thing but i yeah. don't understand what that means I don't either.
1: I don't either. I I don't know why we just, I just don't know why as a society we can't just say, Hey, look, we, and I, again, I'm not an economist. I have talked to some people who are economists who tell me that I'm not completely off base here, that as a society, we don't just say, Hey, look, other than necessity stuff, let's punt the rest of March and April, get to May the first. Let's come up with the government incentive plans or whatever to, to, give people enough money to get through that period, understanding we're all going to get hurt. We're all going to lose money. Everyone's every, – I saw Mike Bianco out yesterday, um, and we had a elbow bump and a discussion from a distance, and it was just everyone's losing something. Everyone. You can – there's not anybody out there that didn't lose something in this or is going to lose something in this, whether it's a, a season or, or – or money, or a senior year, or a graduation, or a wedding date, or whatever. But at some point, we've we've got to. And you're right. There's no one American who can. I don't know. I can't, I can't I don't even. I don't, maybe there's two or three who would get it across to people. I don't know who those people are. I to, it might even be a podcast talk for another day. Who can just say, "Hey, this is what we have to do to even have a shot here." Let's get to May the first and. Then see where we are, and then maybe we can start to slowly sort of rebuild a little bit.
2: And it's but but it's where it's where there's no perfect answer, and you're exactly you're right. But there's so many people who literally can't survive
1: by doing that.
2: You know what I mean? So, so that's like, why we've got to we've got to then, figure out then, how to
1: help those people yeah. to get them to where they can survive. Yeah. But you might have to survive in a different way. You might have to really scale it back. But
2: there and, are people that already are at that scaled yeah, back place. Is my point. And I mean, then we that's, got to, then we
1: got to. Figure out a way to help them, but you know when people are bitching about, I can't go to my favorite restaurant. Okay, I mean, I, that's the you know, I open the restaurants back up. You can't any more than what we're doing right now. If if the medical people are telling the truth, and I tend to believe the medical people because they're not running for reelection, is that fair? I don't believe anything the damn Chinese mm-hmm. say, and I don't believe any. Frankly, I don't believe a lot of what Trump and Sanders and Biden. They all have agendas here. The medical right. people don't really have an agenda. When they tell you we don't have the ventilators to do this, we don't have the ICU beds to do this, when you see the doctors post those pictures that say, we stay here for you, please stay home for us, they're not doing that so that they can keep their jobs in November. I, I just, I, I don't know. I am I catch myself getting a little frustrated with people. There were was, was some moments yesterday where, like I heard the NBA is coming up with this, with this plan, and Jeffrey, maybe you've heard about this, where they think it's it's possible, that's about the only word, possible that they could play July and August, and then may, they might do something as radical from the NBA perspective of changing the way they do their schedules going forward. Instead yep. of starting in mid-October, they might start in mid-December. And they actually have a pretty good idea. It's like, you know, the NBA season doesn't really start from a, public perception standpoint until Christmas. There's two reasons for that. One is Christmas. And two, and you guys both know this better than me, most fantasy football seasons are over or coming to an end around Christmas. And so the NBA yeah. says maybe we start a December schedule that takes us through August each year. We'll give, give way to the NFL when they get ready to kick it off. But we might get better ratings. And they're not worried about Major League Baseball, obviously. But we can't do that if if we just can't if we can't get past this if we can't flatten the curve significantly.
0: Yeah, I mean to me, the the schedule change always made sense. Like I, I've always thought, okay, why are they start the season too early? I understand they want to give players rest, but uh, they can start the season later and go into July. But like then yeah, it gets in their vacations. Like okay. You you lose a you you shorten your vacation one year, but like it always made sense to me to push the calendar back. Anyway, you're not going to get any different NBA Finals ratings in on June 15th than you are July 15th. I mean, that's just you. It's just you're going up against the same competition, if not less. I, I just think, in general, we're at this we're at this weird spot, and maybe this was. I don't know, maybe this was like some type of random thought that had no basis, but I found myself wondering, like, you know, when we read the stories of the depression and they're, most of them are inspiring, you know, you read the story of the banker who lost his job and would sweep, you know, sweep the floors for, you know, three different buildings. You know, he's working 18 hours a day, uh, the homemaker was trying to find any way to make money just so they could survive. We always hear those stories. Like I've wondered, I don't think human nature's really changed. I just wonder now if we're so interconnected and we, you know, we can read everyone's thoughts. We have all of this media coverage. Like, is this really what happened like during the depression? Like this is just, everyone was just, you know, Bitching and moaning and bitching and moaning because there are going to be plenty of stories, you know, in the years that come about the people that pulled themselves up by their bootstraps during this point in time. And, you know, they didn't bitch and moan. And I wonder if if what we're hearing now is more common to like what the actual day to day was like. During the depression or any other you know point in history where you had you know this type of hardship, or if I wonder if we've literally we are just so we are just so soft that once we had to deal with our first problem we've like we're just we're ready to tap out I think that's valid talking any sports today? Uh, well, uh, Adam Silver uh, yesterday, uh, apparently Adam Silver, not an economist. Did y'all see the, the comment that uh, Michael McCann uh, tweeted out that, that Silver made about uh, NBA, uh, an NBA player losing a year's salaries, not like you and me losing a year's salary?
1: No, I didn't see that. That wasn't very wise on his part.
0: Yeah, for a lot of reasons. A, it's not true. Um, B... Uh, you're the commissioner, like you're a multimillionaire commissioner uh, of a sports league of multimillionaires, and you represent billionaires. Um that's probably not the the messaging right now, but I don't know. it just goes to show. I do think Adam Silver is more I think he is a better PR guy than probably any other league commissioner, and he understands messaging and branding and and every other buzzword, but like to act like he is some type of, you know, revolutionary genius in the world of, of sports and that he's some type of social leader is absolutely absurd. He's a freaking dude that represents the owners. Like let's, he runs a business. Like he's not a hero.
1: Yeah. And the, NBA Players Association is losing its mind because they're not
0: because
1: they're not going <laughs> to get paid if they can't resume the season and and there's this deadline coming up contractually that the NBA PA never wants to budge and there's this deadline coming up that the owners face and if the players won't let them extend it a month, the owners are going to have to have really no choice other than to say that's it we pull the plug uh, act of God season's over and you don't get paid for the rest of it and there are so many of those guys they're like wait wait what and hey this is before you go hey this is an nba thing those prima donnas chase and i are going to talk about it in a little while there's a major league baseball story out today that major league players are expecting to get paid and get service time for this season this season even if it doesn't happen and the owners are like Whoa, hold up good luck we'll and, see you in court yeah we'll see you in court this This thing, we might—I mean, I know—we're just at the very beginning of it. This, from a sports standpoint, we might literally be just at the very beginning of it. And we talked about this. I know you got to go. I'm sure you'll talk about it on your show yesterday. There was a lot of misrepresentation of what Greg Sankey said on that teleconference yesterday. Mm -hmm. Greg Sankey at no point yesterday said anything definitive about there most certainly will be a season. He said, "I'm planning for a season." And then on multiple occasions in a 20-minute teleconference, he said, but remember, this time a week ago, I was planning for the SEC basketball tournament. I'm optimistic by nature. We'll see. I'm loosely paraphrasing, but that is exactly what he said. And a lot of our friends in the media have really misrepresented what he said.
0: Yeah, I'll close by this. And I know it's it's frustrating for everyone out there Um we've been doing a segment tales from the front line where we just have, we invite people to call in and just say, you know, what's it like? And we had everything yesterday from truck drivers to, um, you know, bank employees calling in and, you know, uh, I think sometimes the stories that we hear and we see are, are the extreme. I'm not saying they're, they're sensationalized. I think they're stories and I think they, they happen, but, I think it's, you know, we don't hear the mundane because, you know, that that doesn't sell. In general, I believe in America. Like, you look at us in terms of historically, in times of crisis, we do eventually suck it up and we go to work. I am hopeful that this is just another period uh, in our history where... It sucks, and we all know it sucks, but we collectively come to the decision. All right, let's figure this out, and let's you know, like there are moments, uh, unifying moments, and I'm I am still hopeful that this is one of them.
2: Have a good day, bud. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Jeffrey Wright there with us for uh, how many ever minutes of the show? I'm looking at thirty or so. Um. Yeah, we're just again. It's kind of the topic of the day. It's going to be the topic of every day as we uh, as we move through this thing. Um, Looks <clears throat> like as of now, most restaurants around town are still trying to supply for delivery and takeout and curbside and do the best we can to uh, keep the economy somewhat stimulated as we try to run through this uh, this this period in our time. I have a couple. Just kind of housekeeping items for the podcast. Uh, we will. Uh, we don't know what time tomorrow's podcast will be. Neil and I have not discussed that, but it will be probably not in the morning, and we'll figure out what time it is. Um, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna review Fletch tomorrow, the uh, Chevy Chase movie from 1975. So if you'd like to play along with us, um, you can uh, you can do that. That is the one we're going to uh, to do tomorrow, and uh, and and yeah. So also, uh, sorry, I'm losing my mind a little bit. Uh Thought up an idea yesterday. A couple other people were uh, trying to figure out ways to do something similar. There is a website called whatifsports.com. It allows you to simulate sporting events between any two teams, not necessarily in history, but at least the modern era or something, depending on the sport that you are talking about. So, we're going to put Ole Miss teams in a bracket. We're going to put the last 17 Ole Miss football teams in a Sweet 16 style bracket. I'm going to uh, run the bracket through. We're going to uh, just do one result because that way you get some upsets. Maybe it's a, it's a little fun. We'll figure out what team comes out on top. I've got seeds listed at rebelgrove.com. We'll talk about those in a second. Also out on Twitter. Um, and the reason it's 17 is because I'd like the 2003 team to be involved, and that was 17 seasons ago. So what we'll do is the, the 16 and 17 seeds will play a play-in game to get into the main bracket to face the number one seed. And uh, that will be. I guess I could have given a buy too, but we'll still play in game. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, That's 2011. That is 2005. Are the final two seeds in the uh, in the bracket? The 2011 team is famous for Ridley being bad under Houston Nutt in his final season. That's the bear with the box on his head. That's the whole deal from 2011. To 2005 is Ed Orgeron's first team that went three and eight, three and nine, something like that. Beat Memphis in the opener, and I think they did win an SEC game, but they were quite awful. Um, they did win an SEC game, but they were they were bad. So it's kind of what we're going to do. We'll run that out over the next few days. We'll set a bracket up. We'll uh, we'll go through it. It's already still a good bit of discussion on the message board as we talk about who should be where from a seating standpoint. Uh, mainly at the top, is uh, I I feel very confident. I I know that there's a lot of push for the 2008 team. I feel very confident the 2015 team should be the number one seed. I've got oh, it yeah. as the number one seed. yeah um, And then a lot of the discussion is who should be the two, the 2008 team or the 2014 team. The 2015 is the Sugar Bowl team. The 2014 is the Peach Bowl team. And the 2008 team is the Cotton Bowl and I did not go like, hey, how are they at the end of the year? I just went overall. But I am going to go this. Everybody's healthy. So, the 2014 team has Laquan Treadwell on the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're, we'll do it that way. But I'm not going to go in and take Laquan off that roster
1: when I simulate it.
2: Everybody has full health. You're pissing me
1: off months. already. I mean, this is this is ludicrous. This is insane.
2: So, 14 or 8,
1: two seed. Uh, Over the course of an entire year?
2: Yeah. 2008 went on the huge run at the end. They've got wins over LSU. They've got wins over Arkansas.
1: It's really close. Probably 14.
2: 14 looked terrible at the end of the year, but they had been through hell to that point. Yeah,
1: well, they they lost a game that was heartbreaking to the point that they were not going to recover. And then Wallace got hurt against uh, Arkansas in that blowout game in Fayetteville. Then they came back and beat a good Mississippi State team.
2: In hindsight, that blowout loss in Arkansas, you know, it didn't really change anything because they weren't going to go to the playoff mm-hmm. anyway, and it got them Chad Kelly because they freaked out. Yeah, because they had practice with Ryan and Devontae and went, nah, I got to do something yeah. else here. We got to offer
1: Chad. And then the bowl game is twofold. In fact, the two teams really have a lot of a lot in common. That 0-8 Ole Miss team was going to win any bowl game it played that day, and that. The 2014 TCU was bowl team. going to lose any bowl game it Well, played. no, the TCU oh, yeah, 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 yeah. team was going to win any bowl game it played that day. Ole Miss yeah. just happened to be the victim yeah. in much the way that that Texas Tech team just happened to be the victim that day. That Texas Tech team wasn't particularly checked in, and that Ole Miss team that day in Atlanta was not particularly checked in. And they ran up – both of those teams ran up against really checked in, motivated teams playing at their highest level. And got their asses kicked in both cases. So you know, I mean, <laughs> but over the course of a year, I'd probably say that that team, the fourteen team, would would win. That that 8 defense was really good once they figured it out. Oh, but they weren't really good early in the season. It they took them a little the while course. to figure it out. And Vanderbilt, oh, and South Carolina yeah. should have beaten Alabama, and then. Damn near blew it against Arkansas, and from that point forward, just literally demolished every team they played.
2: Any of those three teams can win this tournament if we just run it through scratch. The fourth seed is the 2003 Eli team. I don't think it could win this tournament. No. That was Eli being great and some dudes. Some dudes. I mean, no offense, but dudes. Had, they were pretty good up front, if I recall correctly. They were good up front. Yeah, they were.
1: Uh, They had a Hall of Fame quarterback. And then they just kind of had some guys who played real hard,
2: yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, good, good dudes, I know several of them, friends with several of yeah. them, but their wide receiver core was Chris Collins, bill flowers, Kerry Johnson, yeah. mike s b tay Biddle,
1: yeah, some guys who played good, real hard, yeah, they yeah, were good, good dudes. yeah better than me, well, but yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> and defensively, they were solid, but they weren't great,
2: they were just okay, yeah, they were just okay,
1: no that fifteen old Miss team would have beaten that team yeah and the styles of football are just so much different
2: a dozen years later yeah um i i, I, I I've, I've played around i haven't started the bracket yet or whatever but as i'm doing this i have a feeling chad kelly's about to have a big tournament he he, he, yeah. he he's running through some old Miss defenses in my in my little quick simulation to yeah. just play around a little bit so yeah. i have found some teams the 2011 team can beat so it is possible they pull an upset in the, in the first round wow now look they're gonna get hammer stomped in a minute when they when they get when they, if they get through that play-in game but um
1: you're that, assuming okay well, let me ask you this question yes that 11 team when they <laughs> when they play their first round game is will, this
2: pre-quit or post-quit right will,
1: will this be <laughs> on one of the days where they were smoking marijuana in the parking lot before oh. the game or will this be when they're still convincing themselves that just maybe there's a chance
2: It's It's really a big big Uh, question.
1: I mean this this as a valid question. If you're
2: Vegas, you need that answer before you set a betting line. Because there's
1: an over-under on that date that is somewhere around (laughs) mid-September. So you got to be real careful here if you're going to say... I mean, I kind of mean this sincerely. I'm joking, because who gives a shit? But... (laughs) If if you're gonna say well in 2014 we're gonna let them have a healthy LaQuan Treadwell the whole year, all right. So what are we doing with that team mentally? <laughs> because because before I make a bet I need to know. <laughs> I need that
2: clarified. Can the 2009 team hang around for a while? All
1: right, refresh my memory. I'm They're a five C.
2: That's the that's the basket case head case team that was oh, ranked yeah, yeah. Fourth in the country. And, and, and yeah
1: they were good but yeah, they were okay they're pretty good on defense now they were and they had McCluster yeah so they had some moments
2: yeah now they, they're
1: sneakier than Eli's senior year in many ways because they can they could defend a game yeah like if you remember they played that game against Alabama in Oxford Alabama was really really good it was 22 to three was the final and if you don't have a good defense that day it's 16. it's yeah
2: because Alabama was just in the red zone all day long.
1: Yeah, because Saban was pissed that they, kicked five they field couldn't goals. score. Yeah, yeah. And offense couldn't stay on the field long enough for the defense to breathe. They really played well that day.
2: Yeah, they uh – I think those are the ones that actually have a chance to to get through the bracket. I mean again we'll probably have some upsets, but I think those are the ones that uh, that have a shot. I'll run through seeds in a second, first round matchups or uh, or or whatnot as well. But first I'll tell you about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, So. County, and Chattanooga underwriting and processing center in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting. Understands your market, a leader in condo financing, and the float down option. That's pretty critical right now. It allows you to clock in the current rate, but if rates go down before you close, you just get the lower rate. 662 234 2704 or J-L-O-W-E at CommunityMTG.com.
1: Friends, Blue Delta Jeans is open for business. They've spent the last eight years building a Mississippi-based brand with reach across the nation, and they do not intend to slow down for anything. They know that this week most people are focused on buying toilet paper and peanut butter, but if you find yourself needing a new pair of Blue Deltas, check out their website, BlueDelta.com. There you can build and buy a jean choosing from more than 50 fabrics and nearly limitless customization options. From uh, th- all this week through Monday, they're offering listeners of this podcast a $200 discount for purchases made on their website. Use promo code POD at checkout. That's P-O-D. Whether you buy peanut butter or Blue, our blue Delta Jeans this week, we uh, they want to thank you for uh, podcast they want to thank you all the listeners for supporting them over the years and they like all of us look forward to getting back to sports uh let's see we're also brought to you by nest and wild sleep better with a nest and wild mattress nest and wild is a mississippi-based mattress company making a high quality mattress delivered right to your door they make buying a new mattress easy Every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, giving you comfort and support that will last. A lot of online brands sell an 8-inch or 10-inch mattress with less support and durability. But from the twin size to the California King, every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, 100% American-made. The pricing's fantastic, and we'll make it even better with promo code rebel 20 at checkout, go to nestandwild.com, order your mattress, use the promo code rebel 20, get 20% off your purchase. It's a no risk decision. Nest and wild believes in their product so much that they're offering a 99 night trial on every mattress. So try it out, sleep on it for 99 nights. If you don't like it, you can return it Hey, hint you'll like it. NestandWild.com. Also brought to you by Pinnacle trust, Pinnacle trust based in Madison, Mississippi, They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. We put out a mind on my money yesterday uh, that is brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Uh, it's a tumultuous time, obviously, for everyone in the markets with, with your money, with your retirement accounts. People are nervous. People are scared, and justifiably so. It's also a time that you want to have a professional on your side, and at Pinnacle Trust, they will do that. They, uh, they're not cookie cutter. They're they're going to put together a plan that's just for you. They're going to consult with you. They're going to listen to, you, uh, to your needs, talk about what you want to do, what you need to do. It's PINTrust.com, p i n n trust.com. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fee.
2: Podcasts are brought to you by Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy. G&M right there on South Lamar and Oxford. They deliver locally to your home or workplace, so they'll take care of you. You don't have to get out. They'll bring your medicine to you when you need it. They also offer MedSync to fill your prescriptions on the same day every month. Even make any visits or deliveries easy and get everything in one place. You can find out more at 662-236-2222. So... First round matchups again will be uh, will be this probably run them through tomorrow is my guess I doubt I do it today um, this will provide though box scores stats for the games there's even play by play if you really care but you got to really dork out a little more than me to uh to get to that level if you feel the need You're um, write a game
1: story to put together a notebook I'm not gonna write put a column. game
2: story no columns might I mean the finals we might play around a
1: little bit inside but. the locker room from the locker room
2: when we had actually been in locker rooms. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite things back in the yeah. day, wasn't it? Yeah. That, was, that was a good one. It's like, well, hold on. Hold, hold. hold up. Hold on. Explain. Wait, you went to the locker room? Yeah. Interesting. So 2005, 2011 are going to play a play-in game. Uh, who, who knows? Look, guys, those two teams were not good at football. Um,
1: <clears throat> I'd actually pay to watch that game.
2: you pay to watch that game?
1: 05 versus 11? Yeah. Yeah. Ed's first team. I have a fondness for the 11 team that I don't know how to express. Now that it's over, I look back on it and think that was crazy.
2: That team won three SEC games the next season and should have won four or
1: five. I know. People think I never give Hugh Freeze credit for anything. Oh, that 12. The job that Hugh Freeze and that coaching staff did in 2012 Just goes uncanny. down today as one of the most incredible coaching jobs I have ever seen. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, they caught a break or two, but that's why I. I, I, I so yeah they that was amazing. It was an amazing coaching job. Johnny Manziel kept them from eight wins. If you would have told me before that season this team's going to a bowl game, I would have <laughs> been so thankful I had nothing in my mouth because I would have laughed so hard. If you would have told most of the people inside that program the day that they played was at Central Arkansas to open the season. that's correct.
2: They were if, losing at halftime.
1: Yeah, if yeah, yeah, I know because they sucked. If you had told them before that season, hey, you guys are going to a bowl game, they would have been like, "Come on, dude, come on, we're just trying to win a game." So anyway. Arkansas's
2: a highlight here, guys. We're just trying to get through this one. I did think it, it was them, and then UTEP. Yeah, now UTEP was bad,
1: and, and then they pummeled
2: them. They pummeled them. Trey Elston got suspended for a targeting call. I remember that. Uh, then they played somebody, maybe like Alabama. Like game three or something. And actually did okay. Yeah. Got beat. And then Texas just popped them. Yeah. But they scored a lot. It was like, well, okay, maybe like it wasn't good, but you're maybe on to something. Well, it was and a then... big
1: crowd. There was an energy in the stadium. There were a lot of recruits there that night. You could tell that the program had yeah. some momentum, but the game was somewhat sobering. Because the game was a hey, you're not there yet. You're you're not you're not there yet. But they just kind of that team kept working all year it unlike its predecessor (laughs) which quit they didn't they just kind of kept kept rolling they just kept working it was it was impressive they had tough losses and stuck with it and a fascinating two-year run well it was that
2: i mean because in 2012 yeah it was utep texas they get popped 66 31 they get to play two lane. They got to win. And Bo got hurt that day. Yes. Never the same with the shoulder uh-uh. after that, that early. Played Alabama, got beat 33 to 14. Okay.
1: Yeah. Brian, well, it wasn't that bad. At yeah. Bright, Denny. Yeah.
2: And then they lose to Manziel, the quarterback sneak on fourth down that Hugh got whatever for, and the whole deal from the shotgun. And you thought, okay, they just don't know how to win. At that point, it was like, okay, they, they just they can't get over that hump. And then they take advantage of that bad Auburn team with Chiswick. They beat them up pretty good, and then they go to Little Rock and beat Arkansas and kind of get on a little bit yeah. of a the move there. So – because they've I mean, even played well down the stretch. I mean, we're, like I said, they're – we're talking about a team that won seven with these losses. They lost to Vanderbilt 27-26. Oh, I
1: remember that. That was – was that Rodgers?
2: Yeah, that was Jordan Rodgers. Okay. Um, They lost to LSU 41-35 in Baton Rouge.
1: Isn't that funny? I can't remember that. And then game.
2: AM and M thirty twenty seven.
1: I remember the A and game. I think game. the
2: LSU game in Baton Rouge was when Marquise Summers didn't dive or Dove. Oh, he did the, dive. Yeah, he did dive, and they called the penalty. Was that then, or was that For some before, reason that, that I think
1: that. that was before that?
2: Maybe that was like two thousand something else. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was two thousand ten the Masoli team that almost won
1: That sounds right. That's what that, that was. That sounds right. Okay. I do not, I, think, I, I think Markeith was gone by the time yeah, you got I don't
2: there. remember that game
1: honestly. So Isn't that funny the years kind of yeah, whatever. People are yelling at us in their phones right now.
2: Just, you guys remember more than we do. Yeah, hey? I well, let me just
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't remember 12 LSU. I don't either. I'm I'm trying to remember it. Uh Bo ran for a touchdown down
2: there. He like ran away from the secondary. I do remember that.
1: Okay. I just don't remember the game. I remember a lot about like the feel around the program that weekend yeah, and stuff yeah. and um I don't but I don't remember the game. Okay. So, I can remember what I had for dinner after the game, but I can't remember the game.
2: <laughs> I think I'm going to leave the seeds as are. So if we do that, the winner of that play-in game will play the 2015 team in the first round in a 116 game. Okay. I know
1: the winner. Um, Ooh, that's ugly.
2: Yeah, see, if that one turns out where the other team wins, I'm just going to do it again. I'm sorry. Like We're not going to play that well, game. Well, if that turns
1: out where the other team wins, <laughs> you probably need to reevaluate the computer program.
2: Yeah, because we have a problem, don't we? Yeah. I might even do that in a 2nd Just see what that will look like. <sighs> just whatever. Uh, the second, 2014 team, the Peach gonna, Bowl I'm team. I'm going to light a blunt while you do that. Okay. The 2014 the team will play the 2007 Ed Orgeron team that went 0-8 in the SEC. That ended his tenure, losing to um, State, almost lost to Northwestern State. That that team somehow was better than two other teams on my list. Think about that. They went 0-7 in the SEC. That year. Oh, yeah. Uh, the 2008 team will be the three-seed, and they will play the 14-seed 2006 team. A team that was 4-8, and eight, not good, but getting a little better under O. I I mean, they're they're not as bad as 0-5. Okay. They're not as bad as 0-7. There's a little line of, of – That was the uh, – it's red, the young kids. That was that the red did. shoe game, Alabama. That would have been no. I think that was oh, I don't remember. Because um, it, it was three times he lost very closely all three times. I think that was the overtime game in Tuscaloosa. Ben Jarvis Harvard Green, Green Ellis. Ellis got stopped on fourth down, as I think. was. I, I
1: covered was. that game,
2: yeah, I think that's what that was. So they will uh they will play in your four thirteen game. You have the two thousand three Eli team against the two thousand four team, David Cutcliffe's final season as head coach. They went four and seven, Michael Spurlock, the quarterback.
1: So Eli's gonna knock David Cutcliffe out.
2: Uh, that's a good point. Yes. No. Yes, 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 he is. He's gonna show that uh they, they, they lost a lot between those two seasons. No, um, they
1: did that. They lost a quarterback. <laughs>
2: they lost a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a 5-12 game uh, in basketball this is where upsets can happen it's 2009 team is the 5 seed the okay. 12 seed is 2019 team we just we just witnessed um, nah. on that defense they will not score no. that is going to be it'll be a
1: long day for John Rice Plumley. <laughs> it'll oh, be a lot of true. scoreboard staring oh that's true it's gonna be a lot of scoreboard staring against that front and that group good luck you got you got to beat that, that group, you have to stretch the field. That's one of the bigger
2: mismatches of the first round, actually, from a from a personnel standpoint.
1: What's the line on that? Because I might want to put something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I need some lines. I might do some lines. Come up with, I can come up with some lines. Uh, yeah, there's no shot there.
1: No, it's a bad. It's a bad matchup. Yeah.
2: Um. Two thousand. Thirteen, the Music City Bowl team, is your sixth seed. Um, The the kids growing up a little bit. Yeah. They face the uh, 2010 team with Jeremiah Masoli. That's a good game. Got a little action here now.
1: I like that. That 2013 team was – it had some moments. That 2010 team was Masoli. They had Masoli. Boy.
2: If you told me we had an upset, I wouldn't go crazy there. I think that's possible.
1: Jeremiah Masoli looks back and goes, how the hell did you do this, Eli? Oh. Oh. He almost pulled off some games.
2: He, almost went, I mean, he went four and eight, but he, he could have gotten them to six. He masked all the issues for a year. There's no doubt about
1: that. No question.
2: I mean, they weren't good, but we didn't realize how bad they were. Looking until back, later.
1: and I know people are like, what are you talking about? Looking back, if there's no Masoli and they lose that Jacksonville State game, that season might have been so bad that change would have happened immediately. I think you're probably right. I mean, 1-11 bad. They they probably go 1-11 one, one with Nate. The year after back-to-back Cotton Bowls, yeah. where I think people would have... Said, because the question
2: is, could Nate have beaten Tulane? And maybe. Maybe. But they wouldn't have won the SEC game. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah,
1: no, I think, you're, I think you're right. I don't think he could have beaten Fresno at home.
2: Oh, that was the other... They did run all over them. Bolden yeah. had a big game that night.
1: Masoli was really good that night, too, though. Yeah. I don't know. it would have been iffy. Yeah.
2: Uh your 7-10 game is the 2012 Birmingham Bowl team that we just mentioned. They're the 7 seed. They would face the 2018 5 and 7 team with uh, AJ and all those guys. Oh.
1: Be a good
0: game.
2: It's okay. Yeah. You got you got, you got a shot there. I mean at this point I'd watch it. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm I'm in. It's all it's all good. What's the line on that one? 12 team
1: by
2: five.
1: I was going to say three and a half. So we're, yeah. in the, we're in the right ballpark.
2: Something like that. Okay. Uh, and then your eight, nine game, the 2017 Matt Luke bowl eligible, but probation team that okay. won six games yeah. against the uh, 2016 Chad Kelly team.
1: Ooh. Chad Kelly wins that game. I like me get what's, what's the, what, what line do I get on that game?
2: See, if I'm doing a Vegas thing, I'm, I'm 2016 favored. favored by a touchdown. You think it's that much? Yeah. Chad that, that might be where I have the wrong seed, actually. I might have that 16 team incorrectly
1: seeded. I seated. think you do.
2: Because they've got Chad. This th- this assumes a healthy Ken Webster, too.
1: Yeah, because you got to do the health thing across this the board. This might actually
2: could be where they could – that team could run up from there. Well, that here. team
1: whipped Georgia, should have beaten Florida State, and could have easily beaten Alabama. And then by the end, you know, they lost Chad and by the end it got now, weird. Now their
2: problem is they run into 2015 team in the second round. Yeah. They're an 8-9 game. Yeah. But now as I'm doing this and I'm, I'm I can always recede, I'm almost wondering if the 16 the 16 team, even though they're just 5 and 7, should be the 7 seed. They're better than the 12 team.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: I might adjust that.
1: More talented than the twelve team.
2: There's no doubt. Yeah, I know they went five and seven. I get it, but they did lose their starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, they did that was, and that was weird. And that was too. some coach stuff. And there yeah, was some coaching yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. And there was that NCAA stuff was a distraction. They did
2: lose by thirty five to state. It's thirty five.
1: The flip side of what I said a minute ago about the job that they did in two thousand twelve, it has always, and I think we're getting past it now. It has always surprised me that. Hugh Freeze got a pass from so many of the fans for the way that that season ended. They got blown out at Vanderbilt. I don't know the score, but I was there, and it was never competitive. No, no, no. And then Mississippi State and a bad state team, a state team that was 4-7 coming into that game, destroyed them in Oxford. Dan Mullen could have scored more. It's 55-20. And it could have been more. His team quit on him. Hugh Freeze's first team played their ass off for him. I mean, from whistle to whistle, his last team quit on him. And I've always been surprised that more people didn't notice that when, like, he deserved more time. We asked that question. You asked that question the other day of him, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I felt like," and he gave a diplomatic answer. The problem he would have had, even if Ross Bjork and Michael Thompson and that crew had said, "Okay, you know what, we're going to stand by you." How was he going to repair his relationship with his team? Because it was gone. Matt Luke did a really good job in that interim year of keeping a team together. I'm not talking about X's and O's and all that stuff. I'm talking about the internal stuff. Keeping a team together from quitting, from, from fragmenting, he did a really good job. I don't believe, and you tell me, Chase, if you disagree. No, no, no. Go ahead. I don't believe Hugh Freeze could have held that team together on the heels of his personal no, no, stuff. No,
2: no, no, no. That, 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 that was a whole different season because of that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no doubt. I, I think it would have been utterly chaotic. I'm going to run these two teams against one another because they wouldn't meet in the first round anyway. If we get to them later on, then we'll just do it again and count whatever score that is. So I'm playing the 2012 versus 2016 teams here. Um, again, as of right now, this is the – seven seed and the nine seed, so they would have to get to the finals to play one another, so this okay. is irrelevant. Um, six and six, five and seven for the two teams. They're going to play it on a neutral field. We're going to do no precipitation, 70, 70 Where degrees, will that neutral field no be, winning. like
1: Tupelo? We're going we're gonna to put it Tupelo High School? Where, where, where are we playing this game?
2: <laughs> we're just going to play it inside the Manning Center. No fans. Oh, okay. But. What's corona going on. We got, yeah, yeah, we got that's yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. true. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Wanna... Yeah, good point.
2: What do you think the score is? Just ran it. Sixteen versus twelve. Okay. Fully healthy.
1: High scoring. I'll say sixteen wins, thirty five to twenty seven.
2: Pretty good guess. 2016 Ole Miss Rebels, 34. 2012 Ole Miss Rebels, 24. 34, 24, 16 okay. over 12. The uh, the 2012 team got off got off first. Jeff Scott with the 22 yard run.
1: I bet that was dramatic.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a weird mood today. Forgive me. <laughs>
2: Um, that was followed up with a Akeem Judd 31-yard run to uh, tie it at 7. Gary Wunderlich added a 32-yard field goal. Then yeah. Van Jefferson caught a 12-yard pass from Kelly. They went up 17-7. Jeff okay. Scott had a 4-yard run to cut it to 17-14. Van Jefferson a 4-yard pass, 24-14. or catch 24-14. Uh, Bryson Rose with a 26-yard field goal to pull them within 7. Has Jeremy Liggins had a run yet in this not thing? not had a run yet. Okay. And then in the uh, fourth quarter, uh, Akeem Judd from 1-yard out. They go up 31-17. Bo Wallace has an 11-yard run to cut it 31-24, and then with 57 seconds left in the game, Gary Wonderlic ices it with a 37-yard field goal. So 34-24. Automatic. Yeah, big, big, big day for Wonderlook. He uh,
1: he uh, he had plenty of big days. He had. A he big was day. really, really good.
2: Uh, no missed field goals. Uh, let's see. Bo Wallace went 16 of 25 for 282. No touchdowns. One interception. Yeah, one rushing touchdown. I'm by that. Chad Kelly went uh, 15 of 17 for 285. That's all he threw. It was 17 times. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> Open it up. <laughs> hey you, hey. throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, if we're going to win this thing, we got to throw hey, it, guys. Let's throw. <laughs> let's. What are we doing? 3 touchdowns, no interceptions uh for uh for him. Did Kim you have any carries? Uh no, he How didn't. many passes did
1: Treadwell throw? <laughs>
2: none <laughs> uh receiving demore Stringfellow, three catches 71 yards had a couple 20 yard catches had a long of 34 akeem judd 21 for 103 um on the uh on the day somehow eugene brasley got 13 carries i don't remember that happening at any point Oof. during his uh his career wow talk
1: about play calling being an issue
2: jeff scott though with a day 21 of 92 and two rushing three catches for 80 and a, a touchdown receiving.
1: And very underrated football yeah. player.
2: Jeff Scott with a big day right there. Vince Sanders, uh, three catches, sixty four yards. Moncree five catches, fifty six yards. And uh, and on down the list. So yeah, okay. well, it was a good game. Glad sixteen we, yeah. runs through. Was good game. Yeah.
1: So we'll have instant analysis a little later. That might
2: be enough to move them up in a seed yeah, right it there. Could, might, yeah, might 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 play Had a out. little fight.
1: Got a little fight, don't you? I got Kelly at quarterback.
2: Let's play the sixteen team against somebody else one time. Just we're not doing anything. Right, else. what the hell. I Let's play them against that 2000 team with uh, Deuce and Romero. Oh, let's play the 16 team against the 2000 team.
1: Okay, I didn't cover the 2000 team, so don't hold this against me because I got to think about that. This is Romero,
2: that. Deuce, Joe Gunn, Grand Hurd, Doug Ziegler's on this team.
1: Okay, okay, I remember that team.
2: Yeah, they were. They, they should have been better than they were. They went seven and five,
1: and and that's the team that blew the weird game at Startville.
2: 2000, yeah, Robert Bean, the interception off the foot. They tried to go down and score. Remember Ziegler that?
1: had the penalty that killed a drive that was about to ice the game. Is that right? I do think that was – yeah, they were up. It was a Thanksgiving night. They were
2: 20 night. To 6 in the fourth quarter and lost 23-20. to 20.
1: It was a Thanksgiving night because I had to fly to L.A. the next morning and I remember being stunned that they blew it. Cause they were they were getting ready to put state yeah, away. Yeah, and then
2: it got it, then it was twenty twenty and cut tried to push it down the field and Romero threw an interception. Yeah, and state kicked the game winning field goal. Okay. and like I the remember last that play game or whatever. Okay. They lost the Music City Bowl to West Virginia in a game they did not want to play in. They wanted a warm weather bowl and it was freezing and they didn't care. Um, okay, it was Eli's first appearance in the bowl game, obviously. Okay. Um, when he kind of threw a few touchdowns. So 2016, 2005. We're going to switch the offensive playbook for the 2016 team to favor pass. We're going to throw the football. Yeah. Uh, balanced on that 2000 team, they're going to run and throw. You can do that here too. So Okay. We'll do that. So 16 versus zero. 16 versus zero. Okay. Yes, that is uh, that is correct. Okay. Here's the game. What do you think? We have run it.
1: Okay. I'm going to guess a really close game. Okay. It is. It's a touchdown difference. I will say 16-27 2020.
2: 34-27, 16 wins again. 16-2 yeah. and 0 so far in our uh, wow. in our predictions. Wow. Uh Evan Ingram with a 10-yard pass from Kelly to take, to put them up. Joe Gunn with a 1-yard run, 7-7. Kelly to Stringfellow for uh, 10 yards, put them up 14-7. Uh, Deuce with a seven yard run ties it at 14. Akeem Judd with a two yard run puts the 16 team back up. Joe Gunn, two yard run, 21 21.
1: Back and forth.
2: Wunderlich adds a 43 yard field goal, 24 21. Deuce actually puts the 2000 team up with a 14 yard run. Dramatic. However, here. Les Beakley missed the extra point. Oh, that was um, big. 27 21. Who was the holder? Oh, uh, oh,
1: was that crowded? I don't know. Okay,
2: I don't know. <laughs> Might have a problem here. <laughs> yeah. today. Gary Wonderlick adds a forty-nine yard field goal to tie it at twenty-seven, and then wow, with uh, six seconds left, Romero throws a pick and they return it fifty-five yards for a touchdown to win the game. Who gets the inter- who, Who's who had
1: the pick? Who had the, pick? Who, had the pick? who had the pick six? Who is the legend of this of this I don't game? Know. Let
2: me figure it out. Let's see. Deontay Anderson. <laughs> it's fantastic. Deontay Anderson with the uh, with the pick. Um, Romero goes 31. Good God, they throw on that 16 team. Romero goes 31 of 38 for 379. Wow. But no touchdowns, three picks. Ooh. Eli goes two for four for twenty five. He played for some reason in the game. Okay. Chad Kelly goes twenty two of thirty one for two ninety one two and zero. Okay. Two couple touchdowns. Evan Ingram had a big day. Um, Deuce went twenty carries for one hundred thirty one yards and two touchdowns. And uh, That's a hell of a
1: game. And it, yeah, good game That's there. a Hell of a as game. Yeah. Uh, wow. As we move through it. So we'll hey. never we'll never forget Deontay Anderson. <laughs> he celebrated by jumping out of an airplane. Yeah, and then
2: got trucked. Yeah, yeah. That, right. was, that was just – anyway. All right. Podcast brought you in part by VisitOxford. VisitOxford.com is the uh, is the website. You can uh, see information about everything going on around town right now. Double-decker is postponed, by the way. That was announced here in the last 24 hours yep. or so. So uh, just head on over there. Find out of important information that you need, resources, events, uh, how to support Oxford in COVID-19, and more. Again, the website, VisitOxfordMS.com.
1: We're also brought to you by the Westin Jacksons, home to Soul Spa, home to Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro. Passing through Jackson, need a place to stay, doing work, whatever the case may be, please support them. We would appreciate it. Tell them that you heard about it on the podcast. We'd appreciate that as well. It's a Marriott property in downtown Jackson. As I've been saying, we are going to get to the other side of this. And when we do, Campbell and I were having this conversation yesterday. When we do, people are going to want to get the hell out of their homes they're probably going to get the, want to get the hell out of their towns. They're going to want to go see something new, do something different. You're going to want a vacation. Book that vacation through John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. All you do is you call him. You give him some parameters. You give him a budget. He'll give you options. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387. Or send him an email, edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles, great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB gives you the comfort of home, all the benefits the big mega banks provide, all the technology and products you can want, all but the personal touch. Also with OUB, you get Casasa. It's the absolute best cash checking account. It pays customers 2.5% interest on their balances, up to $50,000 and refunds ATM fees nationwide. OUB also offers online bill pay and mobile check deposit using its online app. To learn more, go to liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured.
2: Okay,
1: let's see.
2: I kind of want to run one more just for the fun of it. Um, Let's see. Let's go this direction. I'm going to play the 16 team against the 11 team just to see how bad they beat them because 16 is not as good as 15, so let's see what would happen. 2011, 2016. Sure, neutral field like that matters.
1: Matt Hayes with a sobering tweet we can talk Uh, about in a minute. Okay. 45
2: to 17 is your final score on this one. The 2016 team against the 2011 team, 45-16. On, uh, Surprised it was that close. <laughs> Chad, 20, <laughs> 25 of 31 for 367 and three.
1: So they uh, took him out at halftime.
2: <laughs> Could have thrown for a while, I have a feeling, uh, uh, on him there. He even ran for 36 on a score in
1: this one. I'm
2: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, Randall Mackey did complete 17 passes
1: in the game. I can remember I was in Starkville the night that they lost to Louisiana Tech and I remember thinking, I'm surprised it's this close. <laughs> it was like 27 to 7 or something. I know. Like I said, I was surprised it's this close because that was a decent Tech team.
2: Yeah, they were fine. Yeah, that's what I said. Decent. That's so what I said. That's what I sat by the guy the whole time telling me how Tech ought to be in the SEC. Just no, over and over and no, over
1: and over and no, again. No. I'm going, no. they' As someone who grew up in Ruston, no.
2: That is that is that is inaccurate, actually. That is
1: absolutely inaccurate. No. <laughs> and that's from someone who has a fondness for Louisiana Tech. No.
2: I'm running through teams here, and I can't – I mean, I'm not picking anybody in the bracket. They might have to play here anytime soon, but I can't make the 16-team lose. Well, it's why
1: that was season
2: Good God. Like
1: I'm really right. sitting here It's what I'm trying to say. If you go back and you do it, you gotta give Freeze a ton of credit for twelve. Tons, 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 tons of credit. But you look at sixteen and you realize he was losing his program.
2: Talent wise, that team should have been very good again. I mean, there was a ton of optimism around that team preseason. They were going to Florida State and they play the game and I mean they're so they're up at halftime like they are, and I'm looking around going good.
1: Oh God remember looking, you going, this is a ten win team. Yeah. They had issues. They had internal issues. There were in issues within the staff. It was it was tumultuous. The NCAA thing was a massive distraction. Had Freeze been given seventeen, and in some ways I think it would have provided better closure, it would have been such a car crash, in my opinion. Okay. That people would have said, you know, it was a fun run, but it's time. And there would have been a cleaner page turn
2: these two teams could meet up so I'm not going to tell you who they played but I did just finally find a team that popped the 16 Ole Miss team so they they did run into their
1: uh, well yeah they weren't going to win this thing
2: They're 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 kryptonite there Yeah, um, that was that was a little ugly so what do you got Matt Hayes
1: it's Matt Hayes who is now with Bleacher Report long time with Sporting News I know Matt Matt knows a lot of people so when he writes this he's not making it up he was spoken to numerous CFB college football power five coaches in the last week. There is genuine concern that the COVID timetable may eliminate the 2020 season. That was it. Yeah. I'm going to go back to, I don't know how we're putting the show together because you're the one that does it, thank God, because I couldn't.
2: We're just, we're, we're literally
1: start to finish. It's chronological okay. as you know it. We talked about this early in the show. I don't want to be the high horse guy. I'm not the guy that needs to be telling people how to live their lives. I will say this. I am begging people to please give up your spring so that you can have a fall. Please give up your spring so that you can have a fall. If our country's hospitals are overwhelmed and crashed we're not going to have a football season chase that's not a hypothetical that's real they'll shut it down if you want to have a fall give up your spring beg your friends to give up their spring self, what's the, word, what's the word we're using? Isolate. Isolate. Social distance. So that we can get to the fall and we can have, in the words of Greg Sankey, a celebration. And it will absolutely be a celebration. Because if you told me today, hey, Neil, old Miss-Baylor play in front of fans in Houston and COVID-19 is in the rearview mirror, I think I would cry tears of joy. And you've known me for a long time. How often do I cry tears of joy? Yeah. The people who think this is over in three weeks and that the fall is just a given, you're wrong. You're wrong. The medical people tell you you're wrong. And if I'm dead wrong, I will sit here on video and we'll come up with some equivalent of crow. I'll I'll eat a banana right here. On video. How about that? I, and I hate banana. I'd really rather eat a crow than banana. <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong. The medical people don't think I'm wrong. The scientists don't think I'm wrong. And I know it sucks. I know this sucks. It's March the 19th and it sucks. But we got to get this thing in our rearview mirror. And there's one surefire way to give us a shot at it. It worked in Korea. We think they're getting ready to resume.
2: Saw that China is resuming, even though we don't believe them. I do trust businesses that are opening there. Okay. If that makes sense, does that does that make sense? It's fair yeah. for my
1: own personal because of my distaste for the what what they did in this deal. I'm yeah. going to ignore them. Okay, but I am looking at Korea, and they jumped on this. They isolated. They they did, and they're coming back. It was what three months. Two and a half to three months, fair somewhere in there. Man, let's get back. Let's let's focus on June one. I mean, I I can't represent the country. Obviously, I'm I'm a nobody, but I'm willing to hurt a little bit if we can get back. I'm willing to hurt a lot if we can get back. But we got to get back. We can't. We can't keep doing this deal where we go this isn't real and in two weeks i'm going back and by god that's what i'm doing i'm just telling you man that's not going to work last thing
2: here while we're talking about simulations. So ESPN did simulations through their BPI system for the college basketball tournament. And we always talked about, hey, this thing's a crab shoot, who knows? Right. What the one and done nature, but there was no great team. This actually plays that out. I think we I think we lost a very entertaining tournament. Well, there's no doubt about that. I don't that. know about good, but entertaining.
1: No doubt about that. The
2: final four, um, number four seed Wisconsin, number okay. four seed Maryland, number six seed Virginia. Number six seed, BYU. Oh, wow. In the final four as they ran it. They had Wisconsin-BYU in the national title game with Wisconsin winning the national title, a four seed. Wow. Jump so around. That's how uh, that's how the BPI did it. Um, the Elite Eight teams, number three, Duke. Number seven, West Virginia. Number 12, Yale. And number five, Ohio
1: State. Well, that would have been entertaining as hell. <laughs> yeah.
2: They had Virginia knocking off two-seed Creighton. Um, BYU knocking off two-seed San Diego State. Um, and then in the BPI kind of upset that, hey, but whatever, Yale beat number one Gonzaga.
1: Mm, um, I've seen crazier things. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maryland beat Dayton, who was a one seed. Mm hmm. That wouldn't shock me. Um, mm. West Virginia made it a long way. Yeah, so good enough. I'm looking to see if anything else was interesting. Baylor lost a second round game to St. Mary's.
1: Um, has anyone done a baseball simulation out of curiosity? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, Ole
2: Miss was gonna go twenty six and four in the SEC.
1: So uh, in the last few minutes here, you wanna talk about this AP story about Uh yeah. We got let's see,
2: I have it up somewhere. Major, Baseball, Major League Baseball is considering skipping its amateur draft this year and putting off the next international signing period as a way to preserve cash while games are affected by the new coronavirus. People familiar with the discussions told the AP. Talks between managers and the Players Association are ongoing and include the contentious issue of Major League Service Time, which determines eligibility for free agents and salary arbitration and will be as proposed, crediting full service for 130 games or more and proportional service for shorter seasons to people set on conditions of anonymity. Um, Scheduling has been left open, blah, blah, blah. Opening day pushed back. Mid May at the that's earliest. The, that's the Cliff Notes version. No draft. Which means every baseball player is back. Yeah. I know it means tons more than that, but I'm
1: just. Well, and I'm trying to think. It. The question that came to mind, the reason I paused was would they still be able to sign as free agents? Oh. Were you agreed to a.
2: But I mean, if you're a top 10 round pick. You're not going to take something that's not slot. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no draft, no international signing period. No, and you know what this includes a uh a, a ban on transactions. Yeah. So it would mean a lot of college, like a uh,
2: It would be a complete reset with the name a, with that an came to roster. mind
1: cuz I know Old Miss's team was younger. The name that came to mind was Heston Kirstad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would he go back to Arkansas for another year, or would he just – It's that or
2: go to Fort Worth and play for the Independent League Cats or something. Yeah. Most would go back. I think you would almost have a reset of a season with essentially what would be an MLB 40-man roster because you got all those freshmen that are coming in.
1: This so you is, would play this a season. The, and Sankey talked about this a little bit.
2: You, you would have a f- – every team would have give or take 45 players instead of 35 players.
1: That's assuming that the NCAA backs off the 11.7. They they'd
2: have to allow a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they and would so, have to get so flexible. And so here's – I did not even thought about this. We talked about it. There's so much to get we to. We can actually push some of this till
1: tomorrow. we got time. In fact, we should. We'll tease it with this so that I'll remember as my feeble old age kicks in. Yeah. The NCAA, the NCAA lost a lot of money on the tournament. It was partially insured.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not much. No. These programs are losing a ton of money. Play this thing. Let's say Matt Hayes is right, and you lose a football season. Do you know how many programs around the country would look at you with eyes bugged open if you said, hey, we're going to fund more than 11.7 baseball scholarships? There would be CFOs around the country, maybe not in the F- SEC, but in certainly in other leagues that would go, no, that's that's not feasible. Mm. That's, that's insane. No, there's no doubt. Uh, ULM would go, you can't
2: uh put the burden on the programs here. They can't do it.
1: There are. So if you're looking to the NCAA for that money, they don't have it. And if you take their football season away, Chase,
2: there are 40 programs that could do it. Nobody else
1: could ish. Yeah. I think 40 is generous, but okay.
2: I'm counting some schools that would be the equivalent of mid-majors in basketball that take it the most seriously. Right. Like Rice would find a way to do it. Like, right. you know, teams along
1: those Like, I think if you ask Cliff Goblin if they could do that at East, he would tell you no. No, I'm not really considering them, even though they're a top 25. Program. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow or whenever we take next. Um, It's just my thing, man. We, we got to give up our spring to get our fall. Spring's done. It's not coming back. All these writers that are asking questions about spring football—if I could get through and punch them, I would. Because there is no spring football. There's not going to be spring football practice. There's not going to be spring football. You've you've you got to get you got to let it go. We've got to let it go. We've emotionally got to let that go, mm-hmm. and focus on getting. And Gabe DiArman just tweeted this. He's exactly right. We've got to turn our attention to whatever it takes to having the fall.
2: Yes. So. More tomorrow. We'll let you know when when we know when, and we'll uh, we'll tell you, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Appreciate you guys listening. Be safe. Talk to you tomorrow.